The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You're tuned in to Heat Check with Trista Crick. On this episode of the Heat Check, it's time for me to play Commissioner Crick. Yes, sir. No more Adam Silver. In comes me. I've decided, after careful thought, (laughs) we are going to fix the NBA. It's an episode we have just some time on our hands, and I've got some thoughts on how we make the NBA better. That means we've got everything from expansion to reorganization to even fixing the All-Star game. I got you covered. Also, we got to get into a little bit of news from around the league. Must conversation about John Morant and some of the things that have recently been reported. Update on Lonzo Ball. lot happening, Nick. So drop that generic-ass beat. All right, we begin this episode with some sad news. Uh, I don't actually know really what is true and what's not true, but let me tell you this. The Washington Post is a pretty reputable news source, so I'm going to go ahead and say that the reporting is detailed. Washington Post dropped a full article on how Jaw this summer, this last summer, got himself into some trouble, trouble, trouble. And let's just say the conversation is a slightly sensitive subject. Uh, Turns out Jaw and his very good friend, Devontae Pack, a.k.a. in this article they call him Pack, have been named now in a lawsuit stemming, this is wild, from a, an incident with in a pickup game of basketball that happened at Jaws' house this summer that apparently led to him, Jaw, and his friend Pack essentially, I don't know if, is the right word, but essentially curb stomping some 17-year-old so hard that the police says they knocked him to the ground and left him with multiple large knots on the side of the head. Crazy story. Uh, Was reluctant to even discuss it, but I feel like if you're just a casual NBA fan, you probably don't even know that this is going on. According to the Washington Post, Jaw became friends with a a highly rated basketball prospect who no one knows who he is because he's a minor, he's 17. And part of the friendship 
involved Jaw inviting this kid over to play in pickup games during the summer at his house. During one of those games, things got very heated. Uh, Jaw threw the ball hard when checking up, and then the kid got so steamed that he checked it back just as hard. Jaw missed the ball, and it hit him in the head, and that's where things went sideways. Jaw told police... I don't mean to make light of it, but that's kind of what we do. Cha told the police that this kid throwing the ball at his head, he considered the first punch. So Cha actually believes that this was in self-defense, even though he told the police, um, yeah, I also was the one who threw the first punch, even though it's self-defense. The ball was actually the first punch, not me. Uh, Jaw then looked at his friend, according to this article, and said, should we do it, boy? And then they did. Uh, Apparently, they beat the kid senseless. The kid says he was punched dozens of times by both men. And then this is where it gets really kind of worse. Jaw goes inside. The kid goes somewhere. Jaw goes inside, apparently grabs a gun, uh, puts it in his waistband puts his hand on the gun in a threatening manner towards the kid and T. Morant all the while is, as usual, somewhere close and is screaming at Ja to get back inside the house. Hey, you need to stop this right now. Like, we gotta gotta figure out a way to get your little ass home. So according to the Post, in an interview with the police, Ja Morant said, like I mentioned a little bit before, that he acted in self-defense. But I swung first, he told detectives. Almost never have I heard of a self-defense case that claims that you were the one that threw the first punch. I don't know if I've ever... That's a very wildly honest and yet flawed self-defense claim. The police report continues. Jaw believed that the boy had been an aggressor because he threw the ball at Jaw's head, then stepped towards him pulling up his pants. Apparently, folks, when you pull your pants up, it's not just because your pants are falling down. It's because you're ready to square up. It's time to go now. And so that was essentially uh, fighting words. Those was, that was essentially fighting mannerisms. During the interview, detectives mentioned the boy's allegation that Morant flashed a gun, uh, and John Morant and his people never denied that claim. Probably could not have come at a worse time for John Morant. Let's be honest. Probably don't want to have any bad PR on the heels of you releasing something that people are supposed to buy with your name on it. That's very obvious, but John Morant dropped his very first signature shoe with Nike on Tuesday. That was two days ago. And then Wednesday, WAPO drops this piece. I don't know if WAPO is trying to sink uh, the stock of John Morant's signature shoes, but I'm just going to say that timing's not great. As an aside, John Morant being the first signature shoe for Nike that is $400 is absolutely bonkers. I it, it That thing is not worth $400. If the Kyries are not worth $400, the LeBrons are not worth $400, the Kobe's are not worth $400, then by golly, Jaw, your shitty ass, Jaw one is not worth $400. Also, by the way, this came like a month ago. Remember when the Super Bowl week was? And then there was an incident with the Pacers. 
and there was like that whole, hey, I think we got a laser scope pulled on us by Jaws friends and family after Andrew Nemhard. Poor little cute Andrew Nemhard from Gonzaga, who's like probably 175 pounds soaking wet. They leave, and all of a sudden, Jaws friends come by, and they're making all kinds of uh, threatening gestures, and there's a laser beam on them. Now, Jaw, or his people, claimed that it was just a laser pointer. They were headed to a PowerPoint presentation, apparently. They They had their cats in the car. They were just making sure the cats were entertained. I get it. I've got a dog. She sometimes rolls with me. I pull out my little laser beam. Sometimes it so happens to randomly go into my enemy's forehead just as I was playing with it with my cat. Just really weird. What do we make of all this in all seriousness? It's not good. I'm going to say that. I'm going to say this is not supposed to happen to a superstar player. And these are all self-inflicted wounds. I think Jaw is very close to fucking his life up. And I don't think he quite gets that part, right? Somebody has to sit him down, in my opinion, and say, Jaw, you're about to lose everything. All this endorsements, your career. You make $231 million. You cannot operate on hood rules anymore. No more. Cannot do it. You are the face of your franchise. You're probably going to be the face of the NBA. You can't just be curb stopping someone because they threw the ball too hard at you. You can't do that. You can't go inside and grab a gun, put it in your waistband, and be like, yeah, well, look what I got. No, you cannot do that. And neither can your friend pack or stack, whatever. None of them. And, and you are the greatest show on, on planet Earth. That's the thing. You're not Malik Beasley. You're not uh, insert random role player here. You are the best player to watch on planet Earth on a basketball court. Not even close. And you might lose all of that because you felt disrespected by a kid because he pulled his pants up at your house. When you invited him over to the barbecue, that's some corny ass shit. That's a, oh, I'm a gangster. I want to show him my muscle because I'm 155 pounds soaking wet. What are we doing here? You can't have your friends encouraging you. You can't have any friends that encourage you to do this nonsense. Because why? Because they're not worth $231 million. If they go to jail, no one's going to give a fuck. No one. Not not the world, not the criminal justice system, nobody. You are the one that will be significantly altered by these decisions. So the op-ed got posted in the Washington Post as well. And they said, uh, Jaw is on a bad path, which I agree with. Defiance is part of his basketball charm. Accountability had better be a part of his evolution. Yes. Yes. And without accountability, you're going to have more incidents like this. Without a recognition that this is out of pocket, I can't be operating in this way, you are going to risk it all and probably lose it all for nothing, for absolutely nothing. Because the truth is, if you're looking for disrespect, you're going to find it everywhere, even from a child who threw a basketball at you 
and pulled his fucking pants up. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So I've been on record saying Adam Silver, let's be honest, has lost his way. I think he's doing too much and doing too little all at the same time as it relates to evolving the NBA. His obsession, we've talked about this before, he has this obsession with the EPL. I don't, I don't know why he wants to turn the NBA into the EPL, but he does. He's got these tone-deaf responses to many crises, including load management or poor refereeing at the end of games, all the things that have happened with human rights abuses and Ennis Cantor coming out and now feeling like he's blackballed. There's just a lot going on right now, and we've talked about this over the past three seasons of the show. But somebody said, well, what would you do, Commissioner Crick? You're so... You, you got such good ideas. You got, you're so fast to criticize. If you can't complain without offering a solution, you're just screaming into the void. So you know what? In an attempt to fix that, welcome to Commissioner Crick's NBA, where I will be fixing the league, this league, for the foreseeable future. My comprehensive basketball plan, we didn't get into media relations, but we could. My comprehensive basketball plan will not only position the league at the forefront of the growth in professional sports, it's also going to make the league way more fun. You're going to watch great basketball while leveling the playing field for the haves and have-nots. It begins It begins with expansion. Executive order, 
two Western Conference teams are going to be added to the mix. The Seattle Supersonics tomorrow and the Las Vegas Jacks. Those are the teams right now. So now we've got 32. It's from 30 to 32. That is going to be a very important math school to have because I am blowing up the current structure of the league. We are going to reorganize the league based on geographic lines. No more, hey, what's the furthest east western conference team? Why is Minnesota in the west? Why is OKC in the west? Fuck if I know. Who knows? No idea. So we're going to figure that out. The NBA, I think, has been dicking around with expansion for way too long. The time is now. Two cities we know. Those two cities deserve the teams. So why make them wait? There's zero cents. So now that we have 32 teams, we expand the season, not contract the season like a lot of people want. We're expanding the season to 84 games. You'll find out why 84 in a minute. The reason why these radical changes are so important, I think, for geographic relocation or in terms of geographic uh, restructuring, it will keep travel down to a bare minimum. You're not going to get teams going on these road trips where they're flying from Toronto to Seattle, Toronto to San Francisco. That doesn't exist anymore. You'll be playing teams in your own division more than you do now. We'll keep the conferences, the two of them, Eastern and Western, right? Under the two conferences, we'll have two, four divisions, Let's divide the Western Conference into eight teams. So you've got the West, you've got the Midwest, you've got the South, and you've got the East. So the Midwest and the West are in the Western Conference. The South and the East are in the East. A little confusing, I know. So for the Western Division or the Coastal Division, we'll call it Portland, Golden State, Sacramento, L.A. Lakers, L.A. Clippers, Phoenix Suns, Las Vegas Jacks, and the Seattle Supersonics. For the Midwest Division, you're going to have the Denver Nuggets, Utah Jazz, Minnesota Timberwolves, Milwaukee Bucks, yes, Chicago, Indiana, Detroit, and Cleveland. I don't know. Teams are actually in the Midwest. In the East, divided into two divisions, we've got the South. We've got the OKC Thunder, the Dallas Mavericks, the San Antonio Spurs, the Memphis Grizzlies, the New Orleans Pelicans, the Atlanta Hawks, the Orlando Magic, and the Houston Rockets. This one is a little muddled because we've got some teams in Florida and we've got multiple teams in Florida and they won't be in the same division. In the East, I think it's much more clear. Miami, Toronto, Charlotte, which could have gone either way, Brooklyn Nets, New York Knicks, Washington Wizards, Philly, and Boston. Every team now plays everyone in its division four times. So you play a home-and-home, home, two games with every other team in your division. That, folks, is 84 games. 28 division games, 56 out-of-division games. Now there are no more random things, only four divisions. So how do the playoffs work? Simple. It's kind of like the Sweet 16. Top four teams in each division make the playoffs, period. That means 16 total teams are in, 16 total teams are out. No more play-in tournament. I know you love it, but I've got a solution for that as well moving forward, which I'll talk about in a second. 
Think about this as like the Sweet 16 of March Madness. With the West and the Midwest on one side of the bracket and the East and the South on another side of the bracket. Do not overthink this. Except for a single elimination game, it will be the regular series that we get in the playoffs. So the winners of the West and the Midwest divisions play in the Western Conference Finals. The winner of the Southern and Eastern play the Eastern Conference Finals. Winner of those finals play for the title. Not reinventing the wheel. But here's the twist. What about the teams that don't make the playoffs? What happens with them? So this is where Adam Silver, or Commissioner Crick's, coveted tournament takes place. This is a single elimination tourney where the winner of this tournament gets the number one pick in the draft. The draft then, after the number one pick, goes specifically on record. So to get the number one, you've got to win the single elimination tournament like we get in March Madness. And then you're not going to be able to say, okay, well, the second worst team gets nothing because they flamed out. So the second, second worst team in the draft after the winner gets the number two pick, the next gets the number three pick, etc. The tournament will take place directly after the season, the regular season, the single elimination tournament. And then that gives the actual playoff teams a one-week break in order to get healthy. Watch the games, get excited. So now they get rested, we get some postseason basketball, and I actually think there might be more intrigue and excitement around who gets the number one overall pick, just like on the heels of March Madness, because it will be probably two weeks after Final Four, to figure out who's going to get Victor Wambanyama. I honestly think this is better than March Madness. You're going to get crazy basketball. It would dominate ratings. We would get such good rating spikes from this. Everyone, I think, tunes in to watch. Teams wouldn't have an incentive to tank. They would pull out all the stops to win. You want that EPL-style tournament, Adam Silver? Here it is. There you go. Other changes for Commissioner Crick. All-Star game will be Team USA versus the world. I think that's already in motion anyway. I think, actually, I put that into motion. Can you imagine Nikola Jokic and Luka deciding that they're going to mail it in because they're playing against Team USA and they don't want to look like idiots? I don't think that happens. I think Team USA has to play hard because they don't want to get punked by the international team. We'll also move the All-Star break backwards. We're moving it to halfway through the season. No more 20 games left. When they say the back half of the season after the All-Star break, it actually will be the back half of the All-Star break. Having an All-Star game with 24 games left in the season makes no sense to me. Here's another change. My league office does not investigate tampering claims. You want to snitch? Maybe I investigate you. How about that? Because there's no way to stop it. There's no way to prove it. Players are talking. Coaches are talking at all times. Executives are talking. I'm going to create a situation. They can talk as much as they want. If you are a buyout candidate, here's another one, another rule change. If you're a buyout candidate like Russell Westbrook, you can't go to a team currently in a playoff spot. You can only sign with teams that are fifth in their division or lower. So that avoids a Kevin Love or a Blake Griffin situation. And maybe the most small but important change no city edition jerseys where the name, where the color of your jersey is different. If you're the Mavs, no green for you. Doesn't happen. If you're the Milwaukee Bucks, no brown for you. No cream sickle for you. 
No light blue for the Lakers. No. There's nothing more than I hate than turning on League Pass to watch the Timberwolves play in Mavs colors or the Mavs play in the Celtics colors. Sometimes they play against each other. I can't even figure out who's playing who, what's going on. Even when they show you in the graphics packages who's in what color, still can't figure it out. There it is. I have fixed the NBA to a very large degree, all in one segment. I think this is bulletproof change. Send it up to Mike Bass. Send it up to Adam Silver and thank me uh, when you get there. So when we get the number one pick in the draft tournament, remember where you heard it first. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I know that we normally try to make jokes here, uh, but sometimes you gotta cover a subject that no matter how much I try, I find humor in it. And you're like, I can't. Find zero humor in this. We gotta talk about Lonzo Ball. Uh, this thing is out of control. It's just so sad. First of all, Lonzo's not only a great player, but the Bulls haven't really recovered since he went down last season. I think they were number one in the East at one point, but he's also a good dude. He's a really good dude, beloved by his teammates. The Ball brothers are, by every account that I've heard of, totally good guys. How good was he with the Bulls? When the Bulls, when, when the Bulls were playing with Lonzo Ball, they were the number one seed in the East. He was shooting 42% from three. And even more important, the Bulls allowed 8.6 euro points per game when compared to when he was off the court. That was top 4% in the entire NBA. Defense never recovered since he left. So I don't know if that makes the Lonzo Ball injury update more painful to hear, but it certainly, if you're the Bulls, doesn't make it any less painful. So they officially, the Bulls, shut down Lonzo Ball for the season last week. Yeah, I don't think you're shocked. I'm not shocked. But it's it's kind of scary considering that we didn't see him play most of last year. Now we haven't seen him play this year. And it's pretty jarring to hear when the reason came out behind it. It's probably even more difficult to process. So just to recap the timeline, because it's weird and complicated, and it took a while. January 14th, Lonzo Ball tore his meniscus. Pretty simple. Pretty normal injury that we've seen in the NBA. Goes under the knife. Goes and gets arthroscopic surgery right after. Misses the rest of the season, which you could say some people do come back from meniscus tears with surgery. Some people don't. Not cause for concern yet. 
the timeline from being able to play following surgery sometimes can range from four to six months. So, okay. The dark clouds then begin to form. Eight months later, in September, Lonzo then has a second surgery on the same knee, on the same tear. The Bulls said it would just be a few months, just a cleanup, which is obviously a lie. Uh, and they were looking at a January 2023 return date. But then January 28th came, and Billy Donovan let it slip that Lonzo Ball was nowhere near returning to the court. And in fact, it actually became known that Lonzo Ball was still in pain and wasn't even able to run yet. Wow. The Bulls released this statement. Despite making significant increases in strength and function over the past several months, Bulls guard Lonzo Ball continues to experience performance-limiting discomfort during participation in high-level basketball activities. Considering the time required to achieve the necessary level of fitness to return to play in the current stage of the NBA season, Ball will not return this season. The focus for him will be to continue to be on the resolution of his discomfort and a full return for the 2023-2024 season. So what's wrong? According to his dad, LeVar Ball, Lonzo has, quote, debris and a nerve. What's that mean? I don't actually know what that means. Is that like when you get dust in your eye? Because that stuff's really painful. Is that like the, the expanded dust in the eye scenario? The issue apparently is even more complicated because Tristan Thompson went on ESPN and reported that doctors have told Lonzo Ball that this is a unique injury that they have never seen before. So it was not just a meniscus tear. So when you apply unique to anything bad, it's always worse. It's never good to be like, this is such an interesting case. I've never seen this before. You have such a unique injury. No, those are things you do not want to hear. That means things are bad because they don't know how to fix you. If they've never seen something before, they don't know how to fix it. Let's be honest. Doctors are just like us. They're just people. They've never encountered this. They're probably not going to be able to help out. The latest is that Lonzo plans on receiving a, this is normal, platelet-rich plasma injection into the left knee. Kobe used to get that done in Germany all the time. They do it here now in the United States. Very painful, but also very helpful. Uh, he's going to put that in his left knee to minimize the pain that he's experiencing from a pair of operations that he had in 2022. Good news, he's already had those. <laughs> Bad news, he's already had those. Like, he's that's he knows the pain, but he's already had PRP in that same knee in 2018. I want to see Lonzo Ball back. He is so good. He was hitting his stride. He was finding his way. He was a real NBA player after all of the noise and smoke around the UCLA to Lakers sort of transition and the LeVar Ball drama. Medicine has made such incredible strides, right? Gray Godin, the former number one pick in the draft, his career was ended by microfractures, right? Which now in today's game, he would probably still be playing if those microfractures happened today because, as opposed to 15 years ago, because the microfracture surgery Odin had was basically discarded because it was trash for better techniques after he had those. So the fact that this revolution in medicine can't seem to figure out how to help Lonzo Ball is pretty heartbreaking. And all we can do is hope the recovery goes well and when the season starts he's there but it's an update that I've been 
trying to give to the people. We just haven't had time to get to it. But now you know. Hopefully, Lonzo Ball gets out there and is running the show in Chicago because, man, they do they need him. All right, here's a question from someone in my DMs, and I wanted to address it because I think it's fun. What players have coasted the longest on their potential? So I'm talking about players that everyone thought would break through and never did, right? Not guys that you thought would be pretty good and then they never were. Guys who had the talent to be stars but never ended up fulfilling that promise. I have three players on my list. Frank Nilakina. Frank Nilakina, man. Remember when New York Knicks drafted him? Everybody thought he was going to just be this breakthrough talent. That that his shot would start to fall. He would figure it out. No, never happened. Never happened despite four years as a New York Knicks. Remember they put him on Trey Young? That's probably the most famous he'll ever be. He shot 39% for his career. He currently gets like 10 minutes a game in Dallas. His shot has not been fixed. He is currently still shooting 38% in Dallas. <laughs> Number two, Mo Bamba. Everybody thought Mo Bamba was going to be electric. Magic spent four and a half years waiting on Mo Bamba. They were like, well, he'll figure it out, guys. He'll figure it out. He's, he's a stretch big man. He can shoot the three. He's long. He's athletic. He has good personality. And you know what? He never did. A guy everybody, everybody thought had the skills necessary to be a star. And no, he did not. We only got a song from it. That's it. That's all we have. And I don't even think he was drafted when the song came out. So the song could have just came and went. The Magic shipped him out for a bag of chips to the Lakers at this year's trade deadline, as we know. Number two is Mo Bamba. Number three, oh, this one's close to home. This one's so close to home. <sighs> Zach Collins from Gonzaga. Tenth in the overall draft from the Portland Trailblazers. You know the, the Blazers, we've talked about this a million times, but I'll say it again. You know the Blazers moved up to get him at 10? You know they actually had two first-round draft picks, and they packaged them to get Zach Collins? The worst part about that, though, Zach Collins is like, okay, he's an okay player. He's never going to be a star. Obviously, he was reached for in the draft. That's fine. But the worst part about Zach Collins existing on the Portland Trailblazers is that the Blazers passed on stars, elite players for Zach Collins. Let's talk about him. Donovan Mitchell. I mean, the list could just end there. And that would be that, but it doesn't. Bam Adebayo could end there. It does not. John Collins, Jared Allen, Kyle Kuzma, OG Ananobi all went after Zach Collins. You could have just kept your first-round picks and got two of those guys. That hurts. Also receiving votes from me is James Wiseman, of course. James Wiseman's been coasting for the Warriors on potential, pretty much alone. Dante Exum. Dante Exum in the Adidas Nations, they thought when he was 16 years old, he was going to be the next superstar. He was seen as the best 16-year-under kid in the world from Australia. And he's just nobody. Bismack Biombo, who's seen as like a real talent. Talon Horton Tucker. Romeo Langford, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and that's it. 
Now, you can only live for so long on potential, but some of these guys are probably going to get an NBA pension and will magically figure things out when they never will. That's all the time that we have for the Heat Check. Check back Tuesday for an all-new full episode. Do not forget to watch the feed, and please follow the Heat Check as the season heads towards the playoffs. And follow us on social at, at this Heat Chick and at Trista Crick because the Heat Check never sleeps. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts.